Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number four of the Hafey Digital Podcast. My name is Ryan Hafey. I make content for creators with the goal of helping you make to the max. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some of my favorite gear of 2019. Let's roll that intro music. Welcome back, everybody. Now, as you could probably hear right off the bat, I'm still a little under the weather. Last week, I was just kind of gradually shifting into this crazy sickness that's been going around and affecting everyone. And uh, it's it, it was rough. It went through my entire family, basically. Uh, everyone I know has dealt with it in some way, shape, or form, whether it was them or someone they know. So, yeah, kind of sucked going through the holidays with uh, a nasty cold and fever and all that stuff. But uh, despite how it may sound, I know I sound a little congested and everything, but I am on the mend. You may hear me cough occasionally uh, during this episode. So just uh, be prepared for that. But outside of that, yes, I'm, I'm on the mend. Next week, I should be in, you know, back in, in fighting shape. So, yeah, like I said, I, I want to talk today just about some of the gear uh, that was my favorite gear to use throughout the course of this past year. Um, now, that's not to say that this is new gear. I'm not trying to do any gear reveals or anything like that. This is uh, some gear that, you know, it, some of it's, shoot, one of the things I'm going to show you has been around since the 1970s. So uh, this is not new gear by any means, but this is just some of the stuff that I've enjoyed using throughout the past year. Um, some of it, most of it is camera related in some way, shape or form. Um, and some of it's just not camera related at all, really, but I thought it was cool and it's come in useful and handy for me. So I'm going to feature it here today. Um, but before we get into all of that, I wanted to give a little update of the setup, everything that's going on here. Um, so I have this little handy device, which may be a little difficult to see from where you are, but this is the Elgato Stream Deck. Um, picked this up with uh, some of the uh, additional Christmas money I got this year. Hope, by the way, that everyone had a great Christmas or whatever it is you happen to celebrate. Happy holidays, all that type of stuff. Um, but this this Stream Deck, again, this is something that's been around for a little while. But it's it's a pretty cool little device. It's got fifteen yeah fifteen different buttons on it that you can customize. It's fully integratable with OBS. If that's oh integratable, is that a word? I don't know. But 15 different buttons, and I can use it to switch between my scenes now. I can do things like that. I even have, oh, see, there I go, I hit my intro. Turn off the intro. Go to my soundboard, and you can even put in little uh, sound effects. Those are the only sound effects I have at the moment. Um, so maybe we'll build this out as we go. But this is cool. Um, there may be some flubs throughout this episode because I've only had this for like two days, so I'm not fully sure how, you know, what, what all I can do. But it's a pretty cool little device. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, also had some issues, not issues, I guess, been uh, trying to figure out this audio mapping, if that's what you want to call it when it comes to OBS. I was having an issue where I couldn't control my mic and desktop audio independently. Basically, I had a scenario where I could have micro and desktop audio together. I could 
have, uh, I could mute my mic and have desktop audio, but I couldn't mute my desktop audio and keep my mic for some reason. So I ended up having to get this app. Actually, I wonder if I can pull it up here. Let's go to the screen view here. And it's called Voice Meter Banana. Well, I, I guess there's different versions of it. But there, um, this one is called Voice Meter Banana. And I guess it's just kind of like a virtual soundboard that allows you to kind of reroute some of your inputs and outputs and things like that. Because um, with OBS, I was eventually able to uh, get to a point where, let's come back to me. There we go. Uh, I was able to get back to where I could um, s basically control desktop audio and mic audio both independently as I wanted to, but at the expense of not being able to monitor my own microphone audio. I want to be able to hear what I'm saying just because, you know, if I start getting static if I'm not paying attention to the levels. Like, obviously, you want to know what's going on with the audio. So, um, yeah, this has kind of allowed me to do that. Uh, and I don't, I'm not uh, entirely sure how I figured it out. Um, if you asked me to explain it to you again, I don't know that I'd be able to do it very effectively, but it's working for me and I'm going to hang on to it and, and I'll keep learning more about it. But anyway, the setup here is growing, it's changing, it's morphing. Uh, we've got new programs, new devices. We've got another cool device coming in soon that we'll talk about again a little bit later. Um, but uh, yeah, things are moving. It's, it's getting pretty cool. So anyway, let me minimize that. Perfect. Cool. So without further ado, let's jump in to some of these uh, gear items. And by the way, uh, I have affiliate links to just about all of the things I'm going to show you in the description below. Um, so if you are interested, feel free to hit up those links and they'll take you right over and uh, to a place where you can buy them. Quick sip of tea and let's get into it. Sorry for the audio listeners here. I will try to explain everything that I'm going through as much as possible. Obviously, um, it's not going to help you much to hear about it in some cases. So, so let's, let's pull up the slideshow here. All right. So you can actually see that there. But if I want to give you a closer view, watch. Boom. Full view. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. So first thing is this little device on the screen. And it is by EDC Fans. Uh, 2019 was a big year for everything EDC. EDC standing for Everyday Carry, for those of you not in the loop. Um, for a while, I have been carrying this, which is just a Leatherman pocket knife. I like multi-tools. You know, you get a lot of people who carry knives who like to carry just a knife. But for me, um, especially doing a lot of stuff with camera stuff, um, I like to at least have a screwdriver available or a Phillips head or a, a, a flathead as well. So this has a Phillips head, this has flathead, um, and it's got like a I don't know, little hook you can hook it on things. Anyway, it's it's a pretty cool knife, but it's a little bit big, it's a little bit thick, um, kind of gets in the way of my pocket at times. So I decided to start looking for something that had a little bit more of a small footprint and profile. And this seems to have fit the bill. I've only had it for a couple weeks now, but I'm enjoying it. So basically inside, if you pull this little tab up, you just get a little razor, a standard issue razor blade in there. And that slides in and out. 
it snaps into place so it's not going to move back or forth. And then when you want to slide it in, just pull up the little tab and push it all the way in. So you've got a quick blade to use to cut open some things or whatever. Um, it's also got a two inch ruler and a five centimeter ruler on each side there. May or may not come in handy, who knows. Uh, you've got a flat head. doesn't look like it, but it, there's a little flat head if we go over to the view here on the screen in the uh, corner. Where is it? Right there. Little tiny flathead um, screwdriver there. Over here, this is actually on the opposite side. It's a little pointed corner of this little thing, and it's a uh, apparently a window breaker, I guess. Um, this, if you couldn't tell already, right next to the window breaker is a little swoopy thing, which is clearly a bottle opener. Um, also on one of the corners, it's got a little Phillips head screwdriver. It's this right here, um, this little hexagonal socket that uh, the, the the whole unit came with a little um, um, a little bit a little Phillips head bit so if you if the one in the corner there isn't doing the job you can stick the bit into that little opening and you get a little bit more I guess versatility out of it um, you can use these it's kind of like wrenches I guess in there um, what else what else yeah that's about it but the only thing that I don't like it and maybe you can hear this the blade doesn't fit in there snugly, which I, I understand. Like you want it to be able to come out and, and go back in nice and smoothly. Um, so when it's in my pocket, it's rattling a little bit, which isn't a huge deal. It's not super loud. But um, overall, though, I like it. I like how it takes up a lot less space in my pockets. And uh, I'm going to keep carrying it around because it's come in handy already. So anyway, let's come back to this camera view here. All right, that was item number one. Like I said, not everything's camera related, but this, it, I mean, it, it could be in a pinch if you need to cut open a box of your new camera that you just bought, whatever. Uh, next thing, all right, so this is, this is cool. This is another little multi-tool. I love these multi-tools. This is by Small Rig. If you haven't heard of Small Rig by now, you should because they make a lot of really good gear accessories for... Um, cameras and things like that, cages, uh, attachments, all sorts of stuff. So this is a little multi-tool that, again, if you don't feel like carrying a knife, this is perfect for you. It's got a Phillips head screwdriver on there. It's got some Allen wrench sizes. This is perfect for um, like taking quick release plates and things like that off and on. Uh, it's also got more Allen wrenches over on this side. And then it's got some threading here. Bring it up to the screen view. It's got some threading here, as you can see on the sides there. So if you have loose um, accessories, like loose, um, what are the three eighths inch thread or whatever, whatever the hell the, the threading is, um, like the common camera threading, you can kind of stick those on the side there and keep them organized. So this is a really cool little multi-tool. I think this is about 20 bucks as it, as it is. It's a little expensive, not gonna lie. Oh, hey, we got Brendan on stream. Brendan, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Um, this is about 20 bucks. I think they have a, uh, a kind of a souped up version for 40 bucks. The thing I haven't seen that one yet, but the thing I like about it is just got a little slider where you, if you push it up with your thumb, this little um, attachment comes out, the one that will help you take off quick release plates and things like that. So it feels really sturdy. It's made of all metal and um, Comes in real handy in a pinch. Next up, let's go to the next slide here. You know what? Let's put my pretty face in the corner. Awesome. 
All right, next, if this one is for all the minimalists out there, if you're not a big multi-tool person, um, but you need something, if you do a lot of stuff with cameras and you need something that can help you kind of take accessories on and off really quickly, uh, this is a rabbit key. This uh, originally bought off B&H. Uh, it's like seven or eight bucks and really it's just a piece of metal. You could probably accomplish the same thing, honestly, if you have, say, for example, just a, a you know, like a, a nickel or a penny. Um, but it looks really cool. It's it's nice, nice little accessory to have. It's got a little hole in it if you want to put it on your keychain and uh, fits nicely in your pocket. Um, I carried this uh, until I started carrying like a pocket knife. I carried this around with me everywhere and it came in handy quite a, quite a bit. It's got some uh, wear and tear on it already. So rabbit key, check it out. It's, it's a, uh, it's a cool little tool. Next up, I would be remiss if I did not mention the Sony, uh, a seven three, which is kind of my main camera right now. I'm filming on the Sony a 6,500 good little camera. Um, but, uh, it pales in comparison in my opinion to the Sony a seven three. I was formerly a Canon shooter. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had the Canon 7D Mark II, which is you know, for kind of my first semi-pro camera. It's a, it's, a, it's a good camera. It's a good option. Um, but as my interest in video began to grow, I kind of got away from that. And I found that Sony much more so fit my needs in the video department. This thing is, as you've probably heard, it's great in low light. I like the options. I like the different picture profiles that you have to choose from. Uh, the customizations, this thing is customized in so many different ways. All these different buttons do different things, and I've truly made it my own. By the way, speaking of the aforementioned small rig, um, this cage on the round, this A7 III, is the small rig cage. And something I should mention, by the way, uh, this is funny. I, I was speaking with someone about this recently who also had the Sony A7 III and also had this same cage. They're saying, yeah, you know, it's... I don't, I like the cage, but for whatever reason, it wobbles. It won't stay firm uh, on on the camera. And the reason for that, for any of you who are experiencing the same thing with your Sony a7 III and your small rig cage, is that there is a little screw. And i got to adjust the focus there. If you could see it, it's right there, that little guy. And basically, it screws, it attaches it to the little hook thing or for you know what i don't whatever that's called for like the camera strap it screws directly in through that to the into the cage and that's what keeps it securely in face in place in addition to uh, screwing it into the bottom of the camera so something to keep in mind let's get this focus back There we go. I think that's good. So anyway, yeah, Sony a7 III, I love it. Also, one of the things um, that was on this list is the 16 to 35 millimeter lens, which I have on here right now. If you're a vlogger or if you just prefer to shoot uh, in wide angles, um, this thing is great. It's not cheap. It's it's any it's like either 2,000 or 2,200 bucks, something along those lines. If you can afford it, though, it's a great lens. Autofocus is fantastic. The focal range is terrific. Um, I love this button on the side because uh, you can customize it just like you can customize any other button on the on the camera. And I have it customized to turn um, 
focus to toggle it from automatic to manual. So let's say if I'm out and, you know, shooting something and autofocus, I'm using autofocus, but let's say something keeps coming in, out of, in and out of frame that's affecting my focus, I can just quickly hit that button and then I can manual focus on whatever I need to. So lots of different uses there. My favorite camera by far, um, it's not the newest one out there. Um, and, um, but you know, I, I'm actually considering buying a second body in the new year, depending on how much the A7S III, which apparently is coming out relatively soon, depending on how that much, how, how, how much that one will cost. But I imagine that one will probably be in the, you know, $4,000 range or so. That's my guess at least. And in that case, I may get another A7 III because that's probably a little bit more than I am willing to or really need to spend at this point. Anyway, Sony A7 III, 16 to 35 millimeter uh, f2.8 G Master lens, lens, great combination. I also wanted to mention this, and I did not take a picture of this because I'm lazy, but uh, this is the Sony 135 millimeter f1.8 G Master. Now, this thing is a beast. Um, this thing comes in, I think, around $1,800 or $1,900. Again, not a cheap lens. Uh, it's a prime lens. It's a telephoto lens. This thing is a great lens. Um, this one has two customizable buttons on it if you need extra customization. It's also got kind of this focus maximizer. Let's, let's do this again here. Okay. So... On the lens there, basically you have three options when it comes to your focus. You can uh, change it so that um, you have, so the full range, basically it's going to focus within the full range of, I'm explaining this really poorly. I, it makes sense in my head, just bear with me. So, okay, for example, the middle one is 0.7 to two meters. What that means is if you flip the switch to that setting, um, you, you, you would want to use that setting if you are, um, say, for example, that distance from a subject. So if you're, if you're filming or photographing anything that, that, that's that distance away, you would want to flip the switch to that, and then it'll kind of optimize focusing for that distance. And then the other one is 1.5 meters to infinity. Again, if you're focusing on things that are a little bit farther away, use that one. Um, but this thing is freaking tack sharp. I do a lot of uh, event photography with this. Photos that come out of with this are, are amazing. You let in a lot of light with that f1.8 aperture. I should probably fix my focus here because nobody can see my blurry face. There we go. Perfect. Um, and the other thing I love about this is it has a uh, the option to declick the um, aperture ring. In other words, so on a typical photography lens, if you, um, or, or just on a manual lens, for example, if you were to switch the aperture, normally it would sound like this. And that's basically the lens kind of clicking into each different aperture value. But if you declick the aperture ring, and then you turn it, you hear that? No sound. So you can get nice, smooth transitions. So especially helpful in video, if you want to, um, you know, if you're in a position where you need to change your aperture quickly, or if you just need to make, make little micro adjustments in your aperture, 
You can do so without A, um, having the audio get picked up in your video, or B, um, you can make it so that the transition of the aperture is nice and smooth so you don't see, you know, like the, the exposure differences aren't super noticeable and they don't like, you know, click, 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 click. It's just a nice, even transition. Anyway, great lens. Love it. If you can afford it, I highly recommend it if this fits what you need. Okay, what's next? Ah, so this obviously is not new tech. This, whoops, I lost my lens cap. It's okay, I can get it later. This is the Miranda Auto Sensor X, 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 no, EE. Miranda Auto Sensor X EE. I've got a 50 millimeter lens on it. Um, this thing is pretty cool because it's got one of those uh, little prisms that you can take off on the top and you can actually like see the image through the top there. Anyway, um, if you've never had a chance to shoot film or if you've never tried to shoot film, I highly recommend that you do, that you go out and just be any cheap film camera. In fact, um, I've got a couple of them up here. This one's pretty cool. I haven't shot a full roll on this one yet, but this is the infamous Canon AE-1. I've also got a Pentax MX, I think it's the MX-1000. Um, don't know a ton about this particular camera other than based on my research, this is the camera that Jonathan uses in the show Stranger Things, the char Jonathan's character. This is the camera that he uses. So I found one, picked it up because I thought it was kind of a cool thing. And um, yeah. So anyway, but film is, films, shooting with film is one of those things that's, it's a great learning tool, but it also has a really awesome payoff. And that payoff is sort of that delayed gratification. You know, when you're shooting with a digital camera, it's just click, 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 what do I got? No, nah, I don't want it. Click, click, click. You don't really think a whole lot about, it may, when you're shooting digital, at least in my case, I feel like I think less about what I'm shooting because I know that if I mess it up, I can just go and do it again. When you're shooting with film, with one of these cameras, you have to manually focus uh, and it's got a cool little manual focus mechanism where you kind of like line up the two images until they you know, are they overlap correctly where you want them to. You got to set the um, shutter. You got to set the aperture all manually. You got to compose your shot. And then you got to hope that you get it right. And you won't know until you get the pictures back. The cool thing about the, the, this is this, uh, it takes a little battery. So it actually has a little exposure meter inside of it that can help you determine if your exposure is correct. You know, depending on what you pointed at, it'll point to a certain aperture value that you should have the camera at. It's, it's just a really cool, really cool little feature for a camera that came out in, this, in the 70s. Um, and this particular camera was owned by my grandparents, I believe. Um, and the, I honestly kind of credit finding this camera in my parents' house, I think as what sort of initially sparked my interest in you know, photo and video long before I ever bought my own camera and started doing it. I, you know, I remember seeing this and just how heavy it is and how mechanical it is and thinking it was so cool. And then later in life, when I bought my own camera, I remembered this again and picked it up and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is pretty neat and decided to shoot a couple rolls of film with it. And the photos that come back are just undescribable in that 
it's not something you can emulate with a digital camera, period. There's just something about the quality of film and the photos that you can get from film that's unlike anything that you can get with digital, and it's, it's just really cool. So if you um, are in need of kind of a creative break or you want to try something different or you just want to kind of spruce up on your skills when it comes to figuring out exposure and composition and all that kind of stuff, I urge you to get a film camera, um, find a local film developer near you, and just uh, just play around with it because you, you, you'll be happy that you did. So I'm going to put this back up here. What else we got? Next up, ah, okay, so let me show you on the screen here. So this little device is uh, an audio... It's like a headphone slash speaker switcher. It's, I actually have it back here. Um, and that top part is just, it's just a little button. I can't show you here because otherwise you'll hear my speakers buzzing all over the place. But anyway, that's a button on the top of that. And basically it allows me to um, just press the button to switch between my headphones and my speakers. I have a setup where um, what I was doing for a while, so Okay, there's, there's an audio out on the rear of my tower here, which goes into these speakers here. And then um, what I was doing for a while on the top here is another audio out, and that's where the headphones would go. If I wanted to switch back and forth between the speakers and the headphones, I had to unplug the headphones from the top of my uh, PC tower. Once again, I hope for you audio listeners, um, I'm explaining this well. Let me back up a little bit and explain kind of what this little button looks like. So for anyone just listening to this, it's this little, maybe it's about an inch and a quarter wide, uh, or it's you know square on the top and about an inch tall. And it's just a wooden, wooden little box. And on the top is a circle um, button that you can push in. On one side of it, you have two audio, eighth-inch audio jacks, and on the other, you have one audio, eighth-inch jack. And uh, basically what you can do is just plug in your speakers and your headphones on the side with the two inputs, and then on the other side, plug in your audio output. So I have a, just a, kind of an aux cable going from the back of my PC into that little box. And now, instead of having to reach up on top of my PC tower, unplug my headphones to hear my speakers, and then reach back up there to plug it in when I want to go back to my headphones, all I have to do is reach over and press that little button, and it goes back and forth seamlessly. It's great. Um, it was, it's a simple solution to something I've been trying to f figure out for a while, so I'm very happy with it. I actually bought a different uh, version of something like that previously, but had to send it back because it didn't work. Not sure why. Every time I plugged it in, I kept getting a buzz out of my speakers. So, but yeah. So anyway, that's a, it's a cool little device. Again, not camera related, but quite helpful. Finally, wait, I don't know if it's finally. Is it finally? Nope, not finally. Uh, next is the Godox SL60W light. I know I've mentioned this light before, um, but this is the light that is illuminating my face right now. So this is what the unit itself looks like. I've actually got it kind of um, attached to a friction arm, um, which is obviously behind the camera over here. Uh, this light, in my experience, has been great. There have been people that have said that it causes issues with flickering. I have not yet experienced that myself, um, but it's, um, it's plenty bright, 
the light right now I have on 30% power and I think I only have my ISO set to got a little fuzzy floating around. Um, the um, ISO on my camera I have like as low as 160. So the amount of light that this thing is putting out, granted, my fingertips are touching it, the the end of the softbox right now, so it's, it is pretty close to me, but I mean, at 30% power, this kind of light output, it's great. Um, and uh, if you turn it all the way up, check it out. We're going to do it right now. Ready? Again, apologies to all of you um, podcast listeners. So I am turning up the volume. We're at 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. 100%. I am well overexposed. So we're going to go ahead and bring that back down. But you get the idea. This thing's awesome. And uh, I actually just bought a second one because me and the missus are talking about going back and doing some um, videos on a channel that we did a while back. So uh, bought another one of these so that we can use it out in the kitchen. Um, it's This is not on the list per se, but attached this part here, the soft box, it's just a newer 36 inch soft box. It's huge. It softens the light beautifully, as you can see. And the fall off on the side of my face is lovely. Um, overall, a great value, put it that way, because this one goes up to head to head, in a lot of people's opinions, with the Aperture, um, is it uh, Aperture 120D, I believe? Um, and that one costs about 750 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. The Godox right now, uh, I think, is on sale on Amazon for 119. Again, links in the description below. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you need a video light, I highly recommend that one. Lastly, I believe, yep, this is the last one. So everyone out there, I assume, who's watching or listening, if you're watching this particular podcast, you're probably familiar with the great Peter McKinnon. Um, and you may be also familiar with the fact that Peter McKinnon um, earlier in the year teamed up with Polar Pro to develop a set of variable ND filters. Um, and it turns out that they're actually really good ND filters. I, uh, I bought one on a whim or just kind of last minute at uh, NAB um, when I was there this past year. And um, it's, it's been great. I got the two to five stop. This is the 82 millimeter thread length version. And uh, let's see here, let's do this. So if we put that on there, you can see that the ND filter has a nice uh, range there. And I like how it has stops so you can't go beyond the two stop and five stop range. So it stops you and avoids some of that cross X pattern that you can sometimes see with variable ND filters. Um, if I'm shooting outside, I'll typically just leave this on at all times. And instead of adjusting my exposure, I'll just adjust the filter a little bit and kind of dial in my exposure instead of having to go in any settings, just make things a little bit easier. But even sometimes indoors, because you know, it starts at two stops. If you're in indoors and it's, semi brightly lit you can get away with still keeping this on your lens and not having to keep putting it on and taking it off and things like that i love the lens cap cover one of the things i don't like and, and maybe it's not a big deal maybe it's not intended to be used that way but the one thing that i'm not a huge fan of is that i can't use my um lens hoods when this is on 
my lenses. Um, not a huge deal, but just one little downfall. But other than that, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It came in this nice case here. Whoops. So, and Peter McKinnon's been, uh, man, like, say what you want about the guy, but the dude's putting out some quality products. I hear that travel bag that he's got out now is really good. So, can't knock him. You can't knock him. So, anyway, that is my favorite gear of 2019. Thank you for listening. I'm going to take a sip of my tea before we hop into couple other topics here all right so talked about gear that I enjoyed in 2019 and then there's some gear in 2020 that I am looking forward to playing more around more with one of those being the aforementioned Elgato stream deck um, like I said I haven't yet scratch the surface of what I can do with this, but I've already got it set up again to be able to play my intro. Uh, I can switch uh, scenes um, and this is all integration with OBS. It's got, you've got a desktop app. Actually, I'll pull up the desktop app. If you're on that audio flow, you really got to come over and check out the video to get the full experience. Stream Deck, there we go. Okay. Go to the screen here. And, uh, yeah, this is it. This is, and you basically what you do is you scroll through the sidebar here, um, and you find, let's get, we got OBS studio. Um, if we want to maybe add a source or add a scene here, we can add that as a button. You can customize the little icon that's there. You can customize the text. Like for example, if I click on this, you can see I have the title screen. If I wanted to go in and change that icon, I could do that. Um, you can create folders as I've done here. So if you double click on that right here, I have those two sound bites. Um, um, yeah, what else? Uh, so, and I, I watched a couple of videos briefly on this thing and there's, there's a lot more that can be done with it. I, I have a feeling this is just going to be one of those things that I'm going to have to build out over time and customize it and play around with it. Cause yeah, there's, there's just an infinite amount of things you can do with it. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is the Ada Mini, Blackmagic Ada Mini Switcher Box, uh, which it was just released recently. In most cases, it's been on back order. Um, in fact, I, I my wife bought me one for Christmas, thanks to my wife, but um, she bought it from B&H, and B&H has had it back ordered for a while now along with Adorama, eBay. Uh, basically it's, it's very tough to get. I was able to find one on a website called MarkerTech, M-A-R-K-E-R-T-E-K.com. Oh, see, nope, there I go again. Forgot that, uh, I still had the screen mode on. Um, MarkerTech.com. And I guess MarkerTech is, uh, just broadcast only equipment, which would make sense why they would sell the Ada Mini because the ATEM, ATEM Mini is a uh, mini broadcast switcher board, I guess, geared more towards live streaming and more simplified things. But anyway, so, I, and I've talked about this switcher board before, but um, the fact that somebody's making a device like that can do what this one can apparently do for only 300 bucks is pretty impressive. Um, I've built a podcast studio for someone else where the uh, I, I got them a, a different black magic switcher that had up to eight inputs and everything is like the you know broadcast quality switcher 
And that thing was, I think, close to 3000 or like 2500 something along those lines. Either way, it was really expensive. Um, this one, it, the Ada Mini, is not going to be able to do what that big one can do, obviously, but I do have the option to plug in up to four cameras. I can switch my scenes before, you know, the input even gets into the computer. I can run my mic inputs in through there if I want. Um, I can monitor from it. So, and I'm saying all this out of my ass because honestly, I don't know exactly all of what it can do yet because I don't have it, but I'm really looking forward to getting it. I think it's coming in after the first of the year and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how I can incorporate it into this whole thing. So um, outside of that, yeah, I think, I think, those the the stream deck and the live or the ada mini are probably the two things that i'm looking forward to most um as far as gear is concerned going into the next year speaking of 2020 i know i've already talked about some of the goals that i have for 2020 um and um i still feel pretty strongly about those i still definitely want to keep doing this podcast i love doing this because it gives me an opportunity to just experiment and tinker and that's one of my favorite things to do is just get into a room and tinker with stuff and kind of push things to the limit and figure out how to get you know how to how to just you know make things do different things and you know I don't know what I'm saying but you get what I'm saying um so yeah the the goal is still the same for me and that is to pull back a little bit on some of my freelance work that I'm doing and focus a lot more on this podcast on my main channel, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed over there, you should be. Uh, go check out uh, youtube.com slash HeyFeedDigital. Uh, got a lot of tutorials and things like that over there. Uh, if you're interested in video editing, photography, just um, creation in general, go check it out. You might find a thing or two over there that uh, can provide you some value and answer some of your questions, hopefully. Um, but that's that's the goal. That's what I want to do. I'm, I feel very strongly about it. I have a lot of ideas I'm looking forward to creating for myself because I feel like I haven't done enough of that lately making for me. I've been making a lot for other people um, and I want to bring it back in. I want to reel it in a little bit. So that's the plan. And uh, with that, I think that's a good place to end after I take a sip of my tea. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope that everyone has a happy and healthy and safe new year um, 2020 is the year to get it. So let's get it. Thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.